Hello and welcome to another episode. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I just collapsed right as she started just to pay. Sorry, go again. <laughs> I hate you. I hate this part. I hate the start and I hate the end. <laughs> it's very <Hello>. not you. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, we already started. Yeah. But anyway, this is episode four of the face podcast my name is jeff ramsey i am your host along with gavin free and andrew panton two of the fiest faces i have ever met how's it going guys it's true good man. pretty good i have some updates i have a basket weaving update <laughs> oh you hit, hit us up with the basket weaving update i uh well first i mean answer the question we're talking who the lebron james is the basket weaving i have been informed it is apparently leona waddell is our lebron james where's she from Ah, it's a great question, Gavin. You know, I should have done a little bit of research. I just looked at her baskets. You really, you exposed me <laughs> one second in. I should have considered doing like a little bit of prep. I, I really came in like I was knowledgeable and you asked one question and the entire Well, let me ask you a, 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 a question you're better suited to. Okay, go ahead. How, how are the, her baskets? They're really visually impressive. And, uh, <laughs> clearly a basket weaving expert i can tell you they are of the highest quality i kind of got the sense she's like the lebron james maybe not necessarily michael jordan it sounds like there are people obviously in the past that were incredibly skilled but pretty good but they got into weaving other things do you think got bored of baskets that's a, yeah another another great question uh, yeah. I, I don't know i have a question you looked up her her weaving skill Mm-hmm. How much? How much do her baskets cost? If she's like the LeBron James of baskets, is she, is it like the equivalent of like? Is she like uh, I don't know, like the Damian Hurst of baskets? Is it like a million dollars to get one of her Ooh. wicker baskets or chairs? Yeah. Once again, being pretty exposed for my lack of information, my lack of research. You know, <laughs> I watched like six videos and looked at photos. I mainly was watching the videos to make sure I got the pronunciation right. I mean, every everyone knows that baskets get more valuable after the weaver dies. That's, oh. yeah, very true. I will say, she said when she started, she was only selling them for 69 cents. So above oh. 69 cents is what I can't say. I get the sense they're very expensive. It's got to be profit. Do you have any idea how much experience this lady has in basket weaving? How long she's been doing it? Once again, did zero research beyond looking at the baskets. Uh, but she is very talented. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have... You know, I guess when you bring up something like that, you should anticipate like basic yeah, this, questions being this is asked. It's kind of an empty update, to be honest, Andrew. It, no, I'm not done with the update. That was the oh, first. Okay. This phase oh, one of the update. I just wanted to clarify that okay. that's who that was. Okay. The second update is someone reached out to me who does this for a living. They make baskets or they teach people how to basket weave a certain type. And they're going to mail me a kit and I am going to join the Basket Weaving Alliance. I know this is shocking, but I'm going to weave a basket. <laughs> Why? I have no idea how. I, I watched a video, but I'm going to get the stuff. I don't know how to get it to me because the office oh, is closed. Shit. And... That's awesome. We could auction it off for charity. Oh, no, you can't. Like, <laughs> I'm conf- are you doing this to prove that basket weaving is not difficult and that you can be good at it easily? Or are you doing it to like relent and accede that basket weaving is a difficult and uh, artistic uh, endeavor and it, you're going to give props and respect by doing it and showing how hard it is. Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of column A, column B. Uh, it, it'll probably be really difficult, but if I was in the basket weaving community and I fucking nail it out of the gate, I'd be a little bit worried. It's a possibility. <laughs> I could hit a home run here, not even know what I'm doing. 
I'm bad at not, so this is not up my alley in any way. I have no natural artistic talent, but if I fucking home run this thing, that's a bad look for the basket weaving community. They got a lot to lose, and I got a lot to gain. It's a really excellent, salient point there. If I were a basket weaver, I'd be on pins and needles for the next, I, how long, I don't even know, a month maybe, until you uh, unleash your basket upon the world? It might be months, and it, you know, it might not be a basket. We'll see how it goes. It might change into something else. You know what we should do? How about you get good at this and you weave a bathtub and then we use that <laughs> bathtub to compete in your shitty bathtub town race? I, you know, I don't, I, I love the idea. There's actually already a name for a, a like a wicker bathtub. Yeah. A basket. <laughs> it doesn't make it a bathtub if you make it in the shape. It's still well, a, just a big, big basket. <laughs> Is that true? Well, what if we put wax on it to, to seal it? Yeah, if you seal it, then it becomes a bathtub. Yeah, and if it's the size, if it holds all three of us and it's the size of a bathtub. That's a big tub. I don't know about that. <laughs> sure. Let's do it. All right. I'm looking forward to it, Andrew. I can't wait to see your bathtub. <laughs> it's going to be bad. I'm not, I have zero natural artistic ability. I, I had to draw like a trumpet in art class and it. everyone thought it was a shopping cart. Like I, I got bad hands. I'm not wait, good at wait. knots. A, sh a trumpet that looked like a shopping cart. I was trying to like do the part with the bottom where you pull. I also, I took trumpet because I thought all you had to do was play, hit three buttons and it's a lot harder than three buttons. I thought it, would, <laughs> it was going to be really easy. Uh, that didn't go well. Yeah, no, I'm no artist. I'm bad at knots. I had a boat safety class in school, and uh, I didn't do well. Is that something that you learn on your Canadian island? Do you have to learn about nautical stuff I don't, because you're on I an don't island? <laughs> it was, it's a weird thing where I, I don't know anyone else who had mandatory boat safety, and I live on a huge island. It's not like it's small. Yeah. But, yeah, we had like 10 mandatory boat safety classes, and I was really, I'm like, I'm going to nail this. How long are they? They were an hour each. I had like 10 hours of boat safety. <laughs> I learned so a lot. You're the captain of the bathtub then, hands down. I am the cap. Yeah, clearly. I, I'm okay. guessing you guys didn't have boat safety in school. <laughs> no. I'm going to make that assumption. So I, I assume that at no point have you ever needed to get off your island via boat. Like there's plenty of bridges, roads. No, all the time. Well, yeah, that's how I leave is by boat. <laughs> Do you not know like just to get to Austin, it's a fucking journey in itself. It's like a Lord of the Rings like tale. I've heard about, I've heard before, like when you went to RTX, which is the, the convention that our company puts on every year, you told me it took you like two and a half days to get here one year. What is that process like? Day one is getting on a boat, going like to- Like a ferry. The, yeah, like a ferry. That's okay. like two and a half hours. Then I get on a bus. Then I go from the bus to a sky train, which is, uh, it's like train in the sky. Kind of, I don't know why I explained it. It's kind of <laughs> self-explanatory. <laughs> Well, okay, got it. I have a great mental picture now. Yep. And that's like a six-hour journey, maybe a little less, maybe like five, probably more like five, but it's just like catching a flight at that point is late, so then I just sleep in the airport, and then I leave the next day. But yeah, it's Why like don't you just take the, the airport from your island? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know what? Because I never have, so I haven't. There is an airport here. I guess oh, that would like really reduce... I assume reduce. It's, not, it's, not oh. an island. it's not an island where you think, oh, I'm on an island. I assume it's like... You know, how I feel when I'm in England. I don't think, man, I'm on an island. It's so big that you don't even notice. I don't know. It's like I, you see water almost everywhere where I live, at least. It's big. It's not like <laughs> England. 
You're where you're on the okay. I did see a comment on, I want to say, episode one or two from somebody who said, I don't know why Andrew keeps calling this a little island. I live on it, too, and it's massive. It's, <laughs> I don't know, massive. I don't feel like I said little island. I feel like when you say island, it's assumed little. <laughs> I don't think I ever said little island. Okay. And I'm every, like, every time I meet someone from Australia, I'm going to ask them how they were lying. <laughs> you should look into the airport where you live. Just see. <laughs> Just for the hell of it. I don't trust it. I've been there. It's small. I don't like it. It'll save you better than a ferry for the sky train. Five well, to six those are hours in the day. Transportation. <laughs> <sighs> I trust God the airport. What was funny is I had like 10 boat safety classes and the same year we learned sex ed. We only needed one of those. We had a 45 minute <laughs> sex ed and 10 classes on boat safety. So it takes 10, 10 hours of training to drive a dinghy, but to drive your dinghy an hour max. <laughs> <laughs> what do we get, Hit us with some boat safety knowledge. Like tell like distill your 10 hours down into like one or two things Gavin and I must know before we get into the bathtub with you. Yes, no. Okay. You know, honestly, the only thing that stuck with me was uh, the heat points of the body if you crash during the water. I think your primary heat points is between the legs, under the arm and under the chin. So you're supposed to like really tighten up, like almost like a pencil, <laughs> try to maintain your heat. So you want to trap the heat from under your arms. And that may neck. have been the sex ed class, and I think that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I remember it, from that time. Doesn't pencil position make it hard to swim away from the boat? <laughs> well, you're just floating. The idea of the boat is gone, Jeff. The boat is sunk. <laughs> yeah, but if you just stand in the in the ocean like a pencil, you'll just yeah. go straight down. How, sure. would, how would you just? You know what? Honestly, you cross your arms. It's not really pencil. It's more like an arm cross. Okay, so sort so of floating you on your back with your arms crossed, baby. Yeah, 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 it's a better. So take a Dracula nap until somebody rescues you, essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. Yeah. I, I won't yeah. tread water, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll just no. assume that... <laughs> no, you're going to get tired if you do that. As it's just expert. wasting heat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be in a giant basket, I guess sealed with some sort of resin, and, and we'll know what to do when we crash. Candle wax. I'm going to fuck wax. Wax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then when as soon as we crash, which we will, uh, everybody assumes a, a vampire pencil, and then they'll come fish us out eventually, or we'll die. All right, that sounds good. If you had to make wax, do you know how you do it? Yeah, yeah. You just buy wax at the store, and then just heat it up in a like in a fucking uh, pot, and then just dribble it on. That part won't be hard. Isn't it like congealed paraffin? Yeah, it's just paraffin. We just heat it up and, and melt it onto stuff. That's not going to be the hard part, buddy. the The basket weaving a boat is going to be the hard part. Yeah. Well, no, I just I think I don't know. I talked to Gavin about this before. I think a lot about if let's say a fallout situation happened, everything is gone. You're in a mm -hmm. village, and someone was like okay. the leader was like, "Hey, you go make chairs. We don't have any chairs. You need to figure that out." <laughs> if they pointed at me and said, "What can you go make?" I don't know if I could make anything. Maybe a chair. That's why you need to get on this basket weaving shit immediately. I read That's a book a in point. high school called Lucifer's Hammer. It was a sci-fi, one of those end of the world sci-fi books, probably written in the 70s or the 80s. So the science is dog shit. But uh, like a, the world ends, I think it was like a meteor or something. And the only people, they, would, they built these little towns and you were only allowed in the town if you had a skill they needed. So it's like, well, I can fix boats. But if it's like, I'm an accountant, they're like, get the fuck out. You're dead. So you need to learn that basket shit tomorrow. 
Hmm. Gavin and I are fucked. We got no appreciable skills. But you well, at least yeah, have an what, out. What would you What would you get on, Jeff? What would you learn? Ugh, well, you know, I could I could harken back to my days in high school as a fried chicken uh, yeah. dishwasher. I could I wash the you dishes. Also, you fixed tools at one point. I was a hydraulic, electronic, and pneumatic tool repair man. I'm sure I still have all those skills from when I was 17. Uh, oh, I was in the army. I could be a soldier. Oh, that's pretty useful, actually. Yeah. I like you went dishwasher first. I feel like you did those backwards in far as like, what would be valuable. <laughs> I, could be, I could be the creative director of, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can make I can stuff slow and carry boxes of veg. That's true. Th That's those true. are my two things. If there's a post-apocalyptic olive bar, you can keep it clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> what you did at Waitrose. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Waitrose. Shout out to Waitrose. They haven't sponsored us yet, but... No. If you're oh. in England and you want a fancy olive, Kalamata, whatever, go to Waitrose. <laughs> can you imagine being the dishwasher guy when there isn't a plate person? That'd be a real problem. <laughs> like, they're going to yeah. kick you out. Well, because, like, what if they don't have a guy that can make plates or whatever? Oh, so you're just waiting for plates yeah, to be just, reinvented? Yeah, like they're going to kick you off, and you're like, listen, you got, you're going to have a huge problem once the plate person shows up. You guys are all screwed. This is over. You're going to need me. It's like in the video game Overcooked when you're standing by the dishes just waiting for, like, where's the dirty plates? I can't do my job. <laughs> yeah, you, you really want a job that's like the beginning of the chain. You don't want to mm -hmm. be waiting on other people. Definitely. Court jester, we could all do that, right? We're funny. Oh, except the yeah. the problem with the jester is you have to taste food to make sure it's not poison. Hmm, like a canary. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, a very like a hilarious canary. So is that the end of your basket weaving update, Andrew? Yeah, I'm gonna weave a basket. Okay, that's that's about it. Yeah, and also, uh, I'm excited. What's her name? Leona Waddell. Pretty good. Have you got any uh any new leads on a face tattoo? Anything like that? That's sort of in the works. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know. There's that's a discussion happening, I guess. Because I think that's one of the things I like about F*** Face is that there's always updates between episodes. Like, I feel like we are actually getting somewhere. This is There's progression in this podcast. I, I You know what? That's a good point, Gavin. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, F*** Facing or F***ing and Facing... Uh, did anybody fuck, uh, fuck themselves this week, face? <laughs> <laughs> Any facing? I, uh, I had an anxiety attack about if Yoshi fucks. That happened. Uh, well, he just, he just lays eggs, though. Well, that's he? the thing. Yeah, I was thinking about, well, like, how does that happen? Does he just lay, do they just lay them? Or, or like, how does, is there a process? Do they, do they ever explain this? I think I know. Doesn't Yoshi eat people? Like, can he hold them in his mouth? Uh, yeah, he eats Koopas and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if he extracts semen from them in that process, and then that's oh how he God. fertilizes his own eggs. Like, you think it's a cute, funny moment in the game, but what's really <laughs> happening it, un, it, it, behind the, the beak, if you will, or the mouth, is a, <laughs> a, a very anatomically disgusting extraction process by which he removes Koopa semen. Someone's been reading the Mario Encyclopedia. That sounds like a pretty official explanation to me. <laughs> Why, why were you worried about this this week? Well, I, I was just thinking about it, and then I thought, well, they lay eggs. What else lay eggs? And I think chickens. And I thought, well, I don't, I've never seen a chicken fuck. I'm pretty, like, I've, I don't know how that works. It's not pretty. Do. A chicken lays unfertilized eggs, most, you know, in farming. They're not, they're not getting railed to lay eggs. Well, I, I, like, I don't know how. I, I was just thinking about eggs. So then I went on YouTube, and I looked up um, process of, of, like, making an egg, of, like, the creation of an egg, and I got 10 seconds in and realized 
uh, I was watching a human video of how babies are born and, <laughs> and that I, I did not learn enough in my 45 minute class. There were, there were some holes Dude. that were missing. Well, let me tell you, I owned chickens for about two years there and you do not want to see them. Uh, they, well, first off, they don't make love. They have very aggressive, angry sex, and it's not pretty, and you don't want to see it. You're better off not knowing. So were you, were you trying to breed chickens? Well, I wasn't trying to breed them, but I had, uh, I had a rooster with my six hens, and so they would get it on. Uh, what, what, was the, what was the point of the rooster? Uh, to protect them. But uh, eventually I had to get rid of the rooster because he was harming the, the hens. And then uh, what happens is one of the other hens becomes the protector of the group, and that's what happened. So it, it turned out it was fine. I'm so stupid that when Gavin asked what uh, what was the the rooster for, my I answered. He asked you. In my head, I answered alarm clock. Like that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I wouldn't want the rooster part. It's just they're loud as hell. I actually uh, I had such a bad experience. I love those chickens so much, and they were so much fun to have. But I had just like I don't know if you, I live in the city, and there's just like city possums and city raccoons are brutal. And even in their chicken coop, they would they would like rip holes in it and like steal the chickens. And I remember my neighbor came over one day, <clears throat> this very polite, usually like 50 year old woman, and just lit into me about how loud my chickens were at like four in the morning. And I was like, yeah, they got murdered. Uh, a raccoon killed them. And she's like, and she's like, just kept going and going. I'm like, my husband's got to get up for work and he can't be listening to your damn chickens. All And I'm like, they're dead. I don't know how, and she's like, she wouldn't stop. And I'm like, lady, they were murdered. They don't, I don't have them anymore. Stop. I'm dealing with the loss of like three chickens and you're yelling at me. Let me mourn my chickens. And uh, anyway, that lady and I became enemies after that. So. That's really tough to recover from. I don't yeah. see a way in which that, that, that gets mended. Talk about kicking somebody when they're down. Ugh. I'm like, well, it's not going to be a problem anymore because the chickens are dead. You know, and she's like, it better not be. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I moved eventually. I mean, yeah, I, I guess like I don't think I've ever been to a funeral where somebody was just talking shit about the person. <laughs> hey, what was the? Didn't you have a thing at your house? I mean, you, you moved recently, but didn't you have a thing a couple months ago, Andrew, where you were convinced somebody was putting like badger cages in your yard or something? Oh, yeah. What does that mean? There's well, no, wasn't wasn't badger cages. There was I think like someone living in my backyard for a period of time, and that's how it like came to light. I was up late one night and I keep my window open and I could hear like footsteps outside my window. And I was on a second story, but it was just our backyard, and uh, it didn't really sound like an animal. But I kind of ignored it, even though it freaked me out. And then it happened again another night. The next night at around the same time, I heard it again. So then I started really thinking, there's somebody back there. And then it happened a third night in a row, but it was earlier, so I said, fuck this, I'm going to see what's out there. So I grabbed a shitty flashlight, and I couldn't see anything, and I walked on my deck, and I just started shining it in the backyard, and all of a sudden I just heard something bolt that sounded like a human, like it was too slow to be an animal, and they moved through, like, all the bushes on the corner of the yard. And that was terrifying. How many legs did it sound like it had? It sounded like two. It sounded like a pretty big person. Just trying to like mm -hmm. move out because they saw they saw the light and so that was that was creepy, um, but then you kind of just forget about it over time, and then we were moving or the people below were moving and we're taught there's some issue where like they couldn't reach something behind the house and there was all this garbage there from someone who had previously lived there, and in conversation they were like so why did you guys put those hamster cages down here, and we said what, what do you mean and they said well wh why why are there 
we've been here over like the last six months. There have been like four or five hamster cages added to this trash pile. And it wasn't us and it wasn't them. So whoever was down there was, uh, was uh, putting hamster cages. Do you think they were releasing hamsters in your yard and then just putting the hamster cage down? I have no idea, but it was weird. It was a weird week. Jeff, you were in like Europe. I was like messaging yeah, yeah. you at like 2 a.m. Like, I, I don't, there's a hamster person in my backyard. <laughs> you're like, you're like, somebody's living in my yard and I don't know what to do. And I was like, you're fucking, you're insane is what, <laughs> you need to go to the doctor is the problem. Nobody's living in your backyard. And then when you told me, no, and they're putting hamster cages, or I thought badger, whatever, hamster cages <laughs> in my yard. I thought you really have lost the plot. I, fuck. Do you have an enemy on the island, maybe, that's trying to drive you insane? Have you considered that? <sighs> You know, that was before my, my lasagna championship days. I really fumbled on lasagna. That was a real struggle, but I got over it. Uh, that is now the official way to pronounce lasagna. Official, yes. Add it to the official list. Yeah. Got to really just struggle on that LA, but you keep trying. Got to keep trying till you get over that hump. Did you ever find a hamster? No, I didn't find anything. They were gone after that, but I think I, I heard a similar noise like five or six months later, but it was only one night. Is this, is this why you moved? Uh, no, it's not why I moved, but it was a great, you know, it's like, I'm not going to miss the hamster person. <laughs> going to be mad, like, why didn't I get my tip at Christmas? Living in your I... backyard. <laughs> I would love to know what was going on with those hamster cages. If they were trying to release some sort of plague on you, or if they were trying to capture, maybe they used to live, all right, here we go. Maybe it was a maybe it was the you that used to live there, not Andrew, but an Andrew type person, right? Someone who's uh, weird enough. That's horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just a, just an oddball kid who uh, maybe he he and his family moved away to the other side of town, and his hamster escaped, and so every night uh, he would come back, or maybe like once a week when he could get away. Uh, he would come and release a hamster cage in the yard and fill it with stuff, hoping that his pet hamster would, would be triggered by it and that he could recoup it. And, and every night you would scare him off before that moment. I mean, that's a, that's a narrative. That was complex. That went deeper than I assumed. <laughs> I don't know. And, and the, the sad thing is, is that hamster was probably his best friend. Or maybe it was pregnant and the hamster went off to have the little baby hamsters in the woods and just never came back. I don't know. It's it really... Honestly, it's probably heartbreaking, this story, and I'm getting kind of sad thinking about it. I just hope this kid finds his best friend or the, his best friend's litter. A Andrew, that story that Jeff just came up with on the spot had more depth than the basket weaving update. That's hurt for Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to learn how to write fuck you, Gavin. And then I'll film it in slow-mo so you can really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Support for Face is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. That's easy to say. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That rhymes. Let me talk about my own personal experience with razors and my penis. I don't know if you've ever nicked yourself before, like with a straight razor or with an electric razor, but if you've done it once, uh, that was one too many times, and you know you never, ever, ever want to do it again. I treat that area of my body uh, very preciously, and uh, I try to take good care of it. It takes good care of me, you know? That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, because they want you to take care of you. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you spent 18 months perfecting anything? You've never done it. You're too lazy. They're not. Think about it. 
The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Ceramic, think about it. What do they make out of ceramics? They make spark plugs. How important are spark plugs? Cars don't run without them. Think about it. Hmm? Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Woohoo! When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. P-R-E-M-E-M. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. That sounds better than a massage. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. You want to be able to see what you're doing down there, trust me. You make one wrong move and whoa, I'm John Bobbitt. Uh. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, that's more than my lawnmower, with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. It charges, it stands, I don't know what more you want. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. That's the universal serial bus. Woo woo. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Your significant other, whether they exist only in your mind or in the real world, will definitely appreciate it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FACE, F-A-C-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code FACE. Your balls will thank you. Your significant other will thank you. Imaginary or real. Get to it. You ever, uh, you ever search for something that's important to you, but you don't necessarily want, uh, I don't know, your family or friends or an entire podcast audience to know about it? I'm not saying I have, but if I was potentially a very private collector of something like Beanie Babies and also a reseller, I would want to keep that private. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode on your computer? Uh, assuming that I was a Beanie Baby aficionado. Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history and whether you update your local host file to change the word Beanie Baby to anything else. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, which I usually am because of the pandemic, I never go online without using ExpressVPN, especially if I maybe or maybe not searching for the rarest and most expensive Beanie Babies on Earth. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or 123 Internet or Internet XLB or any local ISP you have. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. Gross. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit or the beanie babies you're bidding on. ExpressVPN also keeps your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data, that beanie baby or otherwise, with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs so seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use that it's, uh, it's like a dream. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. Not your dumb TV, but definitely your smart TV. There's no excuse for you not to be using it or to still own a dumb TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Those are both computer technology uh, website magazine type things, so you know they're, uh, they're obviously experts in the field. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com face, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash face, F-A-C-E. Like the thing you're talking out of 
or, well, you're looking at me talk out of. Why are you talking over me? Don't talk over me. ExpressVPN.com slash face to learn more. I was thinking the other day what my very first face was in my life. And uh, that got me wondering, uh, do you guys remember the first time you, you faced? Hmm. I have like a series of them, but not like, I don't have like an event like it sounds like you have. I don't know that mine's an event. I just, <clears throat> and I don't know that I can consciously take credit for it, although I would like to. But um, I, I think my first, <sighs> if I had to think, my very, very, very first face would have been my birth. <laughs> if, I, if I can take credit for being born. Uh, and, and here's why. <laughs> I was born in 1975. So uh, Jesus. It, was a, it was a different time back then. Yeah. And uh, I was supposed, my mom didn't get a, a sex test to determine what I was going to be. Um, she was poor and living in a trailer and she was like 18. It's a very typical Alabama story. And so she thought, and my grandmother and my family all thought I was going to be a girl. I was supposed to be born. Amanda Jean was going to be my name. And uh, I came out with a penis. It wasn't much of one, but it was enough. <laughs> and so I'd like to think that, and that's, and, and so I was never supposed to be, uh, I was never supposed to be a boy. I was supposed to be a girl. Uh, and so this, it's a layered facing. I, so I think that was my first face was I, I, I pulled one over on my mom by being uh, uh, born a boy. Uh, she then faced me immediately after in two ways that I have never, uh, one way I've recovered from the second one. I don't think I ever will, uh, because I was supposed to be uh, a girl and I, my mom was really poor. Her and my grandmother, they made a year's worth of dresses and girls clothing for me. And, uh, I then was forced to wear pretty much mostly girls clothing for the first year I was alive because that's what they had. And so, um, my f face got me f face there because then I had to I had to dress as a as a woman for the first year of my life. But the worst f face I realized that my mom got over on me is uh, because I she picked out the name Amanda Jean and I was born with the little penis thing. She on the spot just picked a name I assume, which is or, or I don't know maybe there was a Toys R Us commercial on TV, uh, <laughs> so she named me Jeffrey with a G. Uh, not that we have, which is, uh, I've looked it up. It's a, it's Welsh, uh, and it's, uh, I don't know how it, it has nothing to do with my family. I don't know where the fuck she got the name from. And I don't think I've ever even asked her, but she, she, she named me Jeffrey Paul. Obviously I replaced the Paul with laser, uh, very wisely as an adult. But, uh, so I realized that now every day since my birth, since the day my mom was faced me with G the G Jeffrey, Every time I've had to have to tell my name to a new person, she f faces me. For 45 years, every time I have to tell somebody my name is Jeff, it's a f face because I have to spell it for them or they get it wrong. And at the first day of school, kindergarten through 12th grade was a f probably why I didn't go to college, honestly, was a fucking nightmare of teachers not going through the role and going, uh, Godfrey. Uh, Joffrey, Gore, Goreflux, uh, Gilflip, and, and, and then an entire class of people laughing at me, and then me going, well, that's it for the year. Uh, I'm a pariah in this class. And uh, that, that was probably the worst facing I've ever got. And uh, I, gotta, I gotta give credit to my mom. I thought I had her with the penis, but she really fucked me with the name. Were you friends with Goreflux at school? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I ever knew a Gorflux, but the worst one I ever got uh, was the my 10th grade uh, chemistry teacher, uh, who I spent a year f facing, by the way, and then she spent a year f facing my grades. 
Uh, right, <laughs> rightly, rightly so. Right, no offense to her. I, like, I, I deserved it. Um, I spent more time outside of the classroom, sitting outside, not being allowed to do classwork or participate in class that I spent in the class. Was this the same woman whose khakis you took at one point? Yeah, yeah. I, st- I hadn't forgot I'd stole them, and then she was taking a cab to work. <laughs> I, was, I realized I- <laughs> And then I had to get her keys back to her without her knowing I took them. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Um, this is the exact same lady. She called me Guilford Furk because my last name used to be Fink. I've had a shit ton of names uh, through no fault of my own. Uh, yeah, she thought my name was Guilford. My name was Jeffrey Fink at the time, and she called me Guilford Furk. And so for the entire 10th grade, I was Guilford Furk to everybody who knew me in every class. It died in the summer going into 11th grade, but I spent the 10th fucking grade being Guilford Furk, and it's back now, right? God, you must be like the IRS's worst nightmare. How do they keep track of you? (laughs) Well, same social security number, so it's not too hard. Yeah. Uh, And my extreme paranoia about not paying taxes and going to jail. Uh, So... (laughs) I make, them, I make them well it? aware. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, the most horrifying thing you can do in America is earn money. It's funny you mention um, the name thing. I don't know why. I have this distinct memory. This is so embarrassing to say. It was before I knew you, and I, was, I don't know if it was I, talking about content or something with my cousin. I called you Geoff. I thought, I thought your name was Geoff <laughs> yeah, for a period yeah. of my life. Oh, yeah, I get that one a lot. Really? That's common? Okay. I don't feel as dumb. No, no, it's common. It's in, it's common. It's a it's commonly insulting for sure. You should feel bad about it. <laughs> it's okay, Andrew, because for most of uh, most of the first, I would say, six months I knew you, I referred to you as that fucking Andrew Panton, the ball carrier in Griffball. That fucking kid. <laughs> Fuck him. How does he do that? Fuck Andrew Panton. Do you still have your Griffball skills, Andrew? Uh, no. No, I never really had them to begin with. You guys were just all terrible. That's true. Um, big fish, small pond type situation. <laughs> but, it was, but wasn't that. That was wrong. It was like a slightly bigger fish in a really tiny, like a puddle. That was like a small fish in a puddle. <sighs> Griffball, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a dumb uh, video game that Gavin and our friend Bernie made in Halo. Like a, a game inside of a game. So it's a game the, type. The, yeah, they became very popular and became official part of Halo, actually. I think it's, uh, it's an official game type for the last couple of games, which is pretty And neat. it's named after you. Well, it's named after a character I played in, in a cartoon. Yeah. But yeah, I guess so. I guess it's named after me. Though the point of it, I'm not talking about a f- face, the point of the game is to kill me. So thanks <laughs> yeah. for inventing a game where the point, you win by killing me. Also, I feel like because we were sort of there at the beginning, we were all quite good at the start. I would say, except for you, Jeff. I don't think you were ever good at Griffball. I think nah, you were never. always terrible. I, I was never good at the game where the point was to kill me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something, uh, something always held me back on the Griffball fields. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. <laughs> hey, Gav, I have a question. Uh, thinking about my childhood, I remember about a specific moment from your childhood, and I wonder, would you consider that period in your life where you didn't talk for three or four years? Was that a f- face? Uh, I guess it was. That was, I mean, yeah, once again, like yours wasn't my decision. <laughs> I just became, you know, when you're like four or five, you start, you, you sort of take control over the mindless blob that you've been the entire time. And you're yeah. like, all right, I'm, I'm driving this thing. I guess I'm making decisions for this lump of meat. <laughs> uh, but for some reason at school, I didn't talk and I just became sentient in that. And I was like, well... I want to talk to people. I can't just start talking now, though, because everyone will be like, Jesus Christ, he said something. 
Well, the uh, way- so I just stayed silent. <laughs> Have you heard this, Andrew? No. He described it to me. What grade was it this started in? Oh, right at the beginning. From so the, like, like, the moment I, I set foot into a school, I was like, I don't like what's happening. This is b- before I took over. <laughs> I was like, apparently, it's like, oh, I don't want to say anything. The way he described it to me the first time he told me, Andrew, is he went to school the first day and he didn't say anything because he didn't, you know, he didn't know who to talk mm-hmm. to or who's shy. And then so when he went to school the second day, he thought, well, I didn't say anything yesterday, so I better keep my <laughs> mouth shut today. And then he just did that for like three years. Like he was the kid in class that doesn't talk, like the mute, silent kid that everybody thinks is weird, I assume. Yeah, but it was fine. Like people would still talk to me and they they could tell that I would understand, like I would nod and stuff. <laughs> and then I would go I would get home and be like, Oh god. And uh, just have this like pent up energy. And then one day, I think it was year two, I decided I was bored of of this existence. And I thought I'm gonna talk when they, because the 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 teachers had already got into the swing of ignoring me for the, for like the morning register. They would read out everyone's names, you know, be like Gavin, Goreflax, or whatever. whatever you said. <laughs> and they they would say Gavin and just look for me, and people would point at me, and I would just like sometimes put a hand up, and they'd be like, yeah, he's here. And then one day, the beginning of year two, I was like, uh, yeah, here. And every single person in the room looked at me. <laughs> And I was like, this is my worst nightmare. And then, <laughs> and then the teacher just said the next, the next name on the list. And that was it. That was it. From then on, it was fine. I was like, what the hell was all the fuss about? What was the next moment you spoke? Do you remember? Like at, at recess, some kid was like, oh, Gabby, you will play a game of Nobby Tobs or whatever. And you were like, well, I guess I do. Yeah. It was just people were just coming over and be like, so you talk now? And I was like, I guess so. Yeah, I just went for it. <laughs> You think you'd be naturally equipped to be a mime at this point? Like, if you got into that, would you just be immediately good? Like, um, how did you communicate at all? Like, you must have emoted. There's no, like, you just didn't do anything? I did quite enjoy the silent times because I got out of doing stuff that I didn't want to do anyway. Like, we during, like, reading, they would just, like, pass a book around and one person would read to the rest of the class and they just passed it over me because they knew <laughs> I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm there having to read and everyone's, you know... It was, just, it was a shyness thing. You never got called on to answer questions or anything because there was no point. Yeah, until oh, I answered man. my name that one day. I sh- I, I, if I look back on it, I probably should have kept it up a little bit longer. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> go into what Andrew said about you, like, having those innate mime skills. That makes me think, when my kid went to preschool, she went to a French immersion preschool for like three or four years, and uh, they only spoke French. And so she learned and was fluent in French and hated it and stopped speaking it and now doesn't remember a word of French. But her teacher told me it's okay because when she's an adult, she her 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 like her mouth muscles learned how to how to do those sounds and to pronounce and pronounce things that way and she'll always have that and if she ever decides to pick up french again she'll pick it up immediately because her her her, i don't know her mouth knows how to form words that way from an early age like sense memory i bet you have innate mime memory where your body would just snap right back into it (laughs) i'd be doing all the gestures (laughs) i feel like that's such a cop-out answer (laughs) i'm trapped in a box (laughs) <laughs> like how are you gonna prove the french teacher wrong like come back in 20 years like that's such a great argument to make you can't prove them wrong until like 20 years passes i could uh, i could prove her wrong i'm still on the mailing list i still donate money to them every year <laughs> is the sole reason why 
You're waiting. You promise me. Yeah. Why French though? French is a is a useless language in Texas. You want you want Spanish, surely? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, if I can be totally honest with you, I mean, high-mindedly, the idea was my ex-wife spoke fluent French, and they could speak it together, and it would be like a family thing. Uh, and then she could help her learn and that kind of thing. Ah. Uh, but the real honest to God reason was that it was the only preschool we could get her in. Like, oh, okay. it's just like in Texas, in Austin, you have to sign up for preschool probably six months before you conceive to get into a program. <laughs> and so uh, we didn't do that. And so when Millie was about a year old, we realized we were going to need at, at about two, <laughs> we were going to need preschool. So we started looking and they were like, you want to take you want to put your kid in preschool in a year? Yeah, fat chance, buddy. You should have you should have started this process four years ago. And it's like she wasn't <laughs> she was minus three four years ago. And they're like, that's not my problem. Uh, so we were able to get her into the French immersion school. So then we were like, yeah, we we planned that the whole time. Absolutely. All right, Andrew. I think for next week you should try and get your kid into preschool, even though oh, he's shit. yet to be born. <laughs> oh man, I need more than three. I need like negative twenty. <laughs> <I think. laughs> so I th so I fucked. I my face was my first face was at birth uh gavin i don't know if that was your first face but it was i a pretty, think it was oh so your first face was when you decided not to talk ever did what about you andrew do you have any at least early faces i have a, a bunch um you guys know like before like a movie starts that's like dangerous or something they say like don't perform these stunts at home or like this is a movie don't try to don't yeah. try to do those yeah i realized those were really made for me <laughs> i learned a lot from movies growing up like, I have a distinct memory of, uh, like, I'd, I'd hear words in movies. I could kind of watch whatever I wanted when I was a kid, when I was, like, four or five. And I'd hear, like, curse words and stuff, and I wouldn't know what they meant, but I could kind of tell what they meant based on how the person in the scene reacted to them. So I'd get a gauge of, like, how bad the word was that way. Okay. And there was one movie where someone flipped somebody off, and it was kind of like they were kind of annoyed, but also, like, they thought it was funny. So I had no idea how to read it. I spent the entire day. I was probably, like, four thinking is this bad is this like an insult is this like a is this like a secret like wave like what is this i don't know what this move is so my way to figure this out was as soon as i got home uh i, I walked to the side i walked in front of my house on the sidewalk and i decided that the next car that drove by i'm gonna flip them off and depending on how they react i'll know if i should continue to do this or if i shouldn't do this so i waited like five or ten minutes and then this really, and I remember this so vividly, it was this piece of shit truck, just completely beat up, holes in the side. It was a mess. And this big guy driving it, he looked like kind of a southern, like, stereotype character. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I had this huge grin on my face, because I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I want to kind of look nice, but it probably made it worse. So I was smiling as wide as I could, and I flipped him off. And to this date, I think this is the angriest I've ever seen anybody in my life. He was irate. He was so mad. And he immediately flipped me back off again. And I was terrified. I was like, I don't know what I did to this person. And, this and you were not... four? Yeah, I was like four or five. So he's there driving oh. around, minding his own business. <laughs> yeah. You're ruining his day. He's thinking, whose kid is this? Yeah. Stood on the side of the road, smugly flipping me off. <laughs> I was very nervous. And I thought, why did I do this in front of my own house? He knows where I live. <laughs> so you, as a four-year-old, you're not thinking like, oh, sweet, Super Nintendo, or like, I'm going to play with blocks and shit. You're doing like studies on human communication based on movies, and you're yeah. testing that out in the real world. 
yeah, I just, I didn't know what it meant. And I, I, I don't know, I, I like making people laugh. So like in Godzilla, I used to watch that a lot as a kid. A helicopter gets shot down and they yell Mayday. I had no idea what that meant, but I just yell Mayday and kids would laugh at it. So I'd yell Mayday all the time <laughs> when I was in like first grade playing tech. Well, maybe if you went to French school, Andrew, you would know what that meant. That's a great point. Probably known two languages. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing how dumb the shit we used to do as kids is. And I, it, it, your story, Andrew, has reminded me of quite a few things I, I could talk about. But I don't know what the statute of limitations is on some stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're what? We're what? Like 40 years out from your childhood at this point? <laughs> uh, maybe we're like, maybe stuff I did when I was like 10 or 11. I was just thinking about the <laughs> maddest I've ever seen somebody. And I mean, the maddest I've ever seen somebody is probably all of my wives. But... Uh, <laughs> But I remember one time we used to, when I was like, I was maybe nine, when I lived in Florida, we used to just be little hooligans that we would dress up in camouflage like Rambo and run around the neighborhood at night. And I remember we used to, uh, there was this pond in my neighborhood and there was this like, we call it pampas grass. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's popular in Florida. It's like this, it's about like a bush that's like maybe six feet tall. And if you touch, it's got these long like razor sharp uh blades of grass that will cut you if you touch them and in the middle are these like what look like bamboo shoots with like fluffy shit on the top of them and you can rip those out and use them as like really weak swords and like fuck around with them and i remember one night my friends and i were pulling a bunch of them out of the just being hoodlums and we're pulling a bunch of them out of the grass and we started fucking throwing them at cars and uh <laughs> and i remember i was like you guys suck here. And I actually, unfortunately, I have two stories about throwing shit at cars and they're very similar, I realize. But I was like, you guys, you got to throw it like a javelin. And I picked up some pampas grass and I fucking threw it at a car and uh, a little, I remember it was a Volkswagen bug. And uh, and I, I and then I heard tires screech and I heard a guy go, motherfucker. And I looked, Christ. I looked up and because uh, we like hid down under a ditch and I looked up and uh, the guy's window was open. And uh, and I, it had gone into his driveway, in through the window, and, and it didn't hit him, I don't think. But it like landed like on his dashboard right in front of him. And he wasn't going fast; he was going like maybe ten miles an hour. It was coming up to a stop sign. But the guy was just sitting there, and, and I remember looking up at him, and he looked at me, and there's this like fluffy shit in his car, and he goes, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." And I heard his car door open, and I took off. <laughs> and I probably, I probably ran, uh, I might still be running if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I, I probably ran for two straight hours and I remember going like, I couldn't go home. I was convinced he would find out where I lived. And so I was trying to get my friends to let me spend the night at their houses and all their parents were like, fuck you. <laughs> and eventually, eventually I just wait, I just went home and snuck in the back. Uh, but I think that guy probably chased us. There were three of us for at least an hour on foot. Like he was so angry. <laughs> Allegedly. Maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I made that up, especially if the guy's still alive and listening to the story. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I can, Im I can imagine that feeling of just like heart racing, just endlessly sprinting. And knowing an old guy's chasing after you. An old to me. <laughs> he, I, he was probably 30. He's <clears throat> probably in way better shape than I was. <laughs> oh, God. And that, that, and, and telling that story, it sounds so bad. It makes me not want to tell the next story. So maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's very similar, but worse. Maybe wait another decade. Yeah, maybe wait another decade, just in case. Let it, let it really cool off. <laughs> yeah. God damn. The dumb shit we do as kids, man. Ugh. I got into skateboarding because I saw a monkey do it. <laughs> 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 That's the best 
segue I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I got into skateboarding because a monkey did it? What does that mean? Have you not heard of the what? MVP film franchise? <laughs> this, these were huge in my life. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, why I'm, I'm younger. But there are these series of movies called MVP, Most Valuable Primate, <laughs> made by the people that made Airbud, and I fucking love them. Growing up. I was a big fan of the first one, which was about hockey. And uh, then they made a second one, which is called The Most Vertical Primate, and that one was all about skateboarding. It had Bob Burnquist <laughs> in it, so you know it's official. Yeah, um, okay. Then they made a third one called MXP, Most Extreme Primate, about snowboarding. <laughs> I watched that one the least. I don't really have opinions about that one. But I love the first two, genuinely. As a kid, I thought they were great. As an adult, I love them because their storylines are so overly complicated. Like, the first movie... <laughs> Is all about like he's in a research lab and they're doing experiments. It's like Planet of the Apes ish, and he escapes it and then joins the hockey league and is the best hockey player ever. It's Absolutely. almost like a side story. The second movie is about he's so fucking good at hockey, they frame him to get out of the league. Like they set up a <laughs> brawl and they cover a guy's glove with ketchup and then say that the monkey bit him so he gets thrown <laughs> out of the league and he can't play anymore because he scored too many goals. They can't handle it. And they not only throw him out of the league, they make him homeless. It's not like he goes back to where he lives. <laughs> they, like, give him his jacket and some jeans, and he's just homeless, and he's just walking around. And for half that movie, he's just homeless. Why go to all those efforts to get the monkey out of the league? Why not just shoot him like while he's walking to his car or something? It's what a monkey. It's a kid's movie. This is the oh, my God! Fellas. <laughs> You're gonna put him in a room and just, just shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> I mean, I, I think frame, framing him with a ketchup bite is a little ex excessive, but it's shoot insane. him. You want to like get him out of the league, just fucking kill him? <laughs> what? what? You gonna go down for murder? It's a monkey, Gavin. Dude, you don't like, respect human called life. Called out the legitimacy <laughs> of the plot of a monkey skateboarding movie. He's like, that makes no sense. Why wouldn't they just shoot him? It's so the, much more. The jail time for offing a monkey has to be shorter than offing a human. You know what, though, Andrew? Let me just let me just. I'll I'll explain Gavin in one sentence right here. When he plays Halo, the first thing he does is kill every AI fucking UNSC soldier so that he can take their ammo and their weapons he has no respect for life this is true i i just shoot him out of the warthog so i can get in and i know that there's a button to get him out <laughs> it's just it's halo <laughs> it's not real i'm not i wasn't really even concerned about his life i was more upset by the fact that he was like calling out that they should murder a monkey in a kid's movie like yeah. he's trying to solve plot problems of mvp2 it's not murder it's a it monkey. is murder it's a monkey it's a living creature! It's cruelty to animals, it's not murder. Is it murder? You can't murder an animal. Of course you can murder an animal! Well, yeah. No, I think he has a point, actually. Alright, I'm Googling it. You tell your fucking- you tell- you tell how- tell me about how- how you became a skateboarder while I Google it. Let me say this, I love animals. I am not saying let's kill animals, I'm just saying to frame a monkey seems pretty convoluted. Damn it. You're saying this very confidently, though. It's a little alarming. Murder is the unlawful killing of another human without jurisdiction or valid excuse, especially the un jurisdiction, homicide, manslaughter. I'm looking for animals. Hold on. God damn it. I think All right. Well, maybe it's not issue. murder. It's yeah, but it's definitely it's definitely, it's definitely wrong. Yeah, it's super <laughs> wrong. Ugh, it's still killing. Sure. Anyway, this monkey was homeless and he didn't know how to skateboard and he learned how to skateboard. He was immediately doing kickflips. How like, did he get a skateboard monkey, if he was homeless? 
he met another kid that was homeless and he liked the skateboard and he took the kid's board and then he immediately started doing kickflips and then the guy that was in home improvement that wasn't Tim Allen helped them and gave them skateboards. The guy that sells garden hoses on TV? Al? Um, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. him. Yeah, the, okay. the, the other like lead. Um, Al? Yeah, anyway, I was convinced that if a monkey could skateboard immediately, then there's no way I wouldn't be immediately good at it. And the okay. only knowledge I had was Tony Hawk and MVP2. And I really pushed my parents to buy me a skateboard. And my dad knew my motivation. And I remember him yelling at me, just because that goddamn monkey can skateboard doesn't mean you can. And I I responded like, yeah, of course, obviously. But deep down, I was like, there's no way this monkey can skateboard and I can't. So I got a skateboard. And all I knew was like Tony Hawk and MVP2. And you know, in Tony Hawk, like you stand and then you like kick the board down and go. Like that's how you, you move in Tony Hawk. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's how I wanted to go. I got up on a ramp. And there were like maybe 10 other skateboarders there. And it became like an event. Like they were all behind me. They knew like I'd never skated before. Wait, you'd never skated before and you dropped in on a like a half pipe or a. No, 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 no. It's like a small ramp. It was like an incline. Maybe ramp. Ramp might be generous, but it was an incline that you'd like go down to generate speed so you could go through the rest of the course that was built. They they call them course tracks. I don't know. Skateboard terminology. Yeah. Park. (laughs) I shot twice and I missed both times. Anyway. I, I had the board tilted like in Tony Hawk and I was explaining what I was going to do and the guy just kept saying you don't that's way harder than if you just put the board down and then push and I'm like no this is how they do it in Tony Hawk so this must be the way they do it and I've seen a monkey do this it can't be that hard mm-hmm. I made it like halfway down I fell my foot stayed on the board and I did like the splits and immediately started crying I was bawling my eyes out and then the the park was like, ooh, and then they started laughing. And then I walked home and I never touched a skateboard again. That was the end of my career. I realized I couldn't. Just because a monkey could do it does not mean. I can't believe you I gave up. I, you could have been. There's an alternate timeline where you are one of the most famous skaters alive. It's true. And you just gave up because you didn't beat the monkey. Could you imagine how sad it would be, though, if I was like Tony Hawk and I credited it all to a monkey movie? That'd be awesome. (laughs) Your story actually would be a lot better, Andrew. See, the way it would have worked is you'd have become a professional skateboarder, a la Bob Burnquist. And when people would ask you about your inspiration, you would talk about this movie MVP. Then eventually you would become so famous that you would get to reboot the franchise, a la Space Jam, and then you could be the Bob Burnquist of MVP, the reboot. And you would have been a fucking movie star who got to hang out with a monkey and be an amazing skateboarder to boot and you you blew it you were right there to be fair if it was a reboot these days it would it would be a cg monkey that's true that's true that's true that's 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 a great point that's yeah thank you gavin you made me feel better about this there you go that's an excellent point damn i hope jack is still alive as the name the monkey by the way what was the that monkey movie with Jason Alexander? Dunstan checks in. Ah, oh, that's a good movie. That's a that's great a, fucking a, movie. That's a good monkey movie. That's a that is one of the best monkey movies. All the doorknobs are in the middle of the door. Love it. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, all right, fuck it. I want to go watch Dunstan checks in. <laughs> we should watch it. <laughs> we should watch it together. Yeah. All right. Let's stop doing this. Let's go do that. You want to end the podcast? Yeah. This is the part where Eric yells at me to end the podcast. Okay. <clears throat> Without Eric here, I think he's probably in a meeting getting yelled at for something else. Uh, I'm going to try to... I'm, all right, I'm going to get it. This concludes another episode of the <laughs> Face Podcast. I have been your host, Jeff Ramsey, uh, and with me, 
Uh, Andrew Panton and Gavin Free, nobody likes them, but that's okay. Uh, they continue to live in my shadow. That's fine. Thanks for listening. If you like it, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or whatever the fuck that is. And uh, if you don't like it, still review it. Uh, stick it to the man. Don't let them tell you that... I, I lost him. Yes, yeah, so did I. This is the best intro for exit we've ever done. I'll be honest. I, um, I tried to distract him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to distract him and, uh, in the middle of him doing that. Oh, by, he's back. By calling his phone, and the moment I called him, <laughs> he, his audio stopped. <laughs> what just happened there? Did you not hear me at all? No. I, <laughs> yeah, you called me. Well, we're dis- you, I'm on my fucking phone, so you called me. I just hit mute, and I just kept going. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Rate reviews on the fucking thing. Tell everybody. If I stop. Assholes. Ha, 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 ha.